Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. have some kind of technical difficulties one of these days. I will well, we'll be able to time that phone without the volume so mm-hmm. we can keep track of our uh, of our listeners and watchers out there in Facebook land and also here at Guest Studios. So it's thank great you. Great to be back out there. here again. Oh yes. my gosh, this is our second time uh, doing our live show our, here at mm-hmm. Guest Light Studios. And for some people who aren't aware, uh, clearly speaking the podcast does a live show once a month on Facebook, and we call it our time of the month show. Thank God and it's it just one hour. One hour. <laughs> so, um, but today, not only are we back at Gaslight Studios, we've expanded and we've added a special, special guest. That's right. This is our very first time inviting a guest to share our time of the month. Commiserate <laughs> with us for an it's hour. better together. <laughs> Absolutely. We are welcoming welcoming. Mallory Schwartz with NARAL here today. Missouri, yeah. Welcome. Which is extremely exciting for us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. Wonderful, yeah, wonderful. absolutely. And for those who are new to Clearly Speaking the Podcast, we also drink a bottle of wine with every mm-hmm. episode. And so today, Emily, what are we drinking? So I selected a rosé for us today. Um, I... I in, the reason for this specific wine is is that I think it kind of ties in with a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today, women's health issues. Mm-hmm. And this particular producer actually donates 10% of all of their proceeds to breast cancer research and, and programs, which I think is Very absolutely good. tremendous. This is a Spanish wine called Care. And it's such a beautiful, it's beautiful really label. You want to like push it a little closer? I know, yes. So here, you can kind of take a look at it. It is absolutely a label that you kind of want to pet. It's like got a... <laughs> <laughs> it has a it's nice really kind pretty. of... It is, isn't it? Yeah. This is a 50-50 Tempranillo and uh, Cabernet Sauvignon blend. And I have yet, I didn't do my little pre-taste like I normally do. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm sharing this inaugural taste with you ladies. Yeah. Ready? So, Let's take a sip. Yeah. So I think on the nose, I, I found this to be just really pretty. Some soft kind of floral notes, a little minerality. I'm getting nice red fruit, um, some strawberry, some cream. I haven't tasted it yet. What about you, Michelle? It's very, very tasty. I, I, you know, I don't have the same nose that you have, so it smells like really good wine to me. Mm. Um, but it's super, super tasty. Tastes like I, really good wine. Yeah, I've not had a rosé wow. that tastes like this. I feel like you can taste the strawberry. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah a little I bit agree in with there. You. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have another taste real fast. I know. So, for those of you new to our conversations. <laughs> Um, Michelle always gives a very exciting wine description, and I'm <laughs> eager to hear your take on what what kind of panty is this wine. Uh, I'm going to have to have maybe one more sip <laughs> because it's 
it's it's got to come to me. Okay, got <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, do you enjoy wine regularly, Mallory? I do. I'm a yeah. glass of wine at home kind of girl. All right. Rosé is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I have no expertise in this area. I cannot pretend to, but if it tastes good. I don't good, either. So does it like, like it. make you think of a particular pair of panties? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, you know, not to be too TMI, but I'm a somewhat new mom. So okay. I'm like way forgotten about what cute panties are. <laughs> <laughs> just stretchy, hold yeah, it all in kind just, of panties. Let's speak, okay. yeah, well, stay together. <laughs> there's only been on a few occasions where we've drank a bottle of wine that reminds us of granny panties and post-pregnancy <laughs> panties. And this is not one of them. No, this is this, lovely. This is a lovely bottle, and I'm seeing... Uh, kind of like a sheer lace, but a, like a white lace with um, much like the, in the front of this bottle, a lot of those colors mm-hmm. in the applique, maybe like a little ribbon that goes through it. Um, uh, it's a, a sexy spring, summer pair of panties wrapped up in this bottle, yeah. something that everybody should have, mm. one or two or three or four of them. I, I think that sounds great. Does that sound like yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. I, I that's what came to me. Yeah. I wish that... I wish that we had those that we like could you know throw out into the crowd, <laughs> like at the Cardinals games right. and they throw t-shirts out and shoot the them out, yeah. you know, boom. Yeah, like that. What do we call those? Like we'll have to have guys do that panty for us. Panty cannon. The panty <laughs> panty yeah, cannon. Fabulous. Oh, that is a great idea. <laughs> so, Mallory, you're a new mom. You're also mm-hmm. a, a recent transplant to St. to St. Louis. You've yes. moved here within the last couple of months, right? Yeah, it's been about six weeks. Oh it's my gosh. It's been a lot all at once. And you moved from where? I moved from Washington, D.C. Oh, I love that city. I was city. there about seven years. Um, but I went to school here and it's nice to be home. I have family here and it's great oh, to good. be back. Good. It feels that way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you had a calling to come back. I did. Uh, so I'm the brand new executive director of NARAL Pro Choice Missouri, which is the Missouri state affiliate of Pro Choice America. Um, we've been around, this is actually our 50th anniversary this wow. year. The Whoa. whole organization or just Missouri? Uh, the whole okay. organization, and then I think the affiliates are sporadic. There's okay. a number of different states that have their own. Okay. Like so. Us. Let's see, you just moved back six weeks ago, mm-hmm. which brings your timing as the new executive director at a pretty hot and heavy time. Yes. So had the recent legislation actually already landed before you came That's a aboard? Great question. So I actually I took the job uh, maybe the first week of May, within a week. Uh, the HB 126, the full-scale abortion ban, had passed in the Missouri General Assembly and within maybe a week later, it was signed by the governor. Um, so welcome to work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So at any of this time, were you able to unpack your stuff in your new house? Barely. <laughs> <laughs> or did you, There's yeah. still some boxes. Yeah. We're getting a little okay. better. Yeah. But, okay. And um, do you see your new baby at all? No. Not yeah. as much as I'd like. <laughs> um, but I'm sure every new mom who has to go back to work says that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's been, honestly, it's been really exciting and I have been welcomed with open arms by Missourians who are outraged and frustrated and angry but also so motivated to to take action right now um the other issue besides the passage and uh, of the HB 126 the abortion ban is the actions of the state department folks who are supposed to be protecting our public health 
Um, uh, you're talking about the Secretary of State? I'm talking about the State Department uh, trying to revoke Planned Parenthood's license. Oh, right. That and just, so that is oh, happening. that coincided. Parallel. Right. right. And okay. it was all within the first few weeks of me getting this job and coming to town. But people are so motivated um, to do something that all I've been feeling is good vibes. Okay. I want just one clarification. Yes, please. Do you mean the Department of Health? Because you said State Department. Oh, I did. Uh, the Missouri... State Department of, of Health and okay. Senior Services. Okay. I, my I, bad. I, I thought I was like, yeah. I would really have missed that if the State Department was coming in yeah, from my D.C. <laughs> I realize that there, there's lots of overreach these days, so yes. it wouldn't surprise me, but I wanted to clarify that. So I, I think it's interesting. So it seems, at least from your perspective, that people are fired up and outraged more than they are in alliance from your perspective. Is that... In alliance with the bill? Right. Yes, I think absolutely. I think that we have been hearing from demographics of people across the board, whether they're very religious, folks that are traditionally conservative, Republicans who feel that this legislation is an overreach, that this goes too far, um, that this is an invasion of all Missourians' privacy and rights to access basic health care. And so even folks who would have historically said, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't believe in this side. I'm not on this, I'm yeah. not on your side of the table. We're hearing that this is too far. So let's back up a little bit because not everybody is uh, mm-hmm. going to be, As you know, that happened in May, yes, you know, very there's a lot of stuff that's happened yeah. between now and then, you know, that's kind of, um, I mean, the blues one, <laughs> the Stanley <laughs> Cup, yes. which that kind of changes, you know, like people, your attention mm-hmm. span here, but House Bill 126 mm-hmm. that was passed and signed by the governor is a, a pretty restrictive uh, abortion ban or limit after eight weeks or heartbeat bill? Which one was it? It's a great question. Um, So the House Bill 126 actually includes a scale of abortion bans. Uh, They did this. It's the only of its kind in the nation. We'd like to be the first. Uh, Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Uh, It includes an eight-week, a 12-week, a 16- and a 20-week ban. And the purpose of that is if one piece got knocked down, well, guess what? There's a couple backups ready to go. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. the Much like when you're dating, right? You yes. always want to line you gotta up. Have and, a you got to have yeah. the backup and the backup and the backup, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, just want to make I, sure. I'm sure the state senators, that's what they were thinking. Exactly <laughs> what yeah. they were thinking when they put that uh, together. But so. yeah, so it's 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 unbelievable. Um, and to your question about heartbeat, it's an eight-week ban. Eight weeks is before most people know that they are pregnant. And so what you have is, in essence, a full a full abortion, right? Because I remember, you know, mm-hmm. I've had, I've had, I have three kids, and I remember when I found out, um, you know, uh, after you've missed the first period, you take the test, and then you go to the doctor, and immediately they put you at six weeks right. if you can get into your doctor right away. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll say, "When was your last period?" Okay, you're about six weeks pregnant or eight weeks pregnant, and right. then you, you, if 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 I had been pregnant when this was going on and had chosen or would like to have had an abortion in the state of Missouri, it would have been too late for me. And it would have, I would have been criminalized in this state. I, you know, you get confused because there's a bunch of states that are doing this stuff, yes, right? We're not so you kind of get confused, ones. like, is it a state that sends everybody to jail or just the mothers? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the, the women well, in this state. Well, it included uh, provisions about physicians mm-hmm. also. I did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really, they threw everything into this bill that they could, uh, included another piece that requires uh, two-parent consent, 
which uh, sounds like it Ooh. could be logical, but Missouri already has one parent consent, which is already problematic because the people impacted by this are the young people who might be in an abusive family situation yeah. and can't get that parent consent mm-hmm. um, or aren't comfortable and uh, don't feel safe to do it. And so it includes that piece. It also includes um, more funding for crisis pregnancy centers, which are the fake uh, not medical centers that park themselves outside of Planned Parenthood okay. and try to lure people in. Um, and so we are funding that with our tax dollars as Missourians. Um, and meanwhile, we have, you know, we don't have access to, we don't have Medicaid expansion. We don't have a lot of other access. So it's like uh, Missouri is choosing to put the tax dollars in a, in a mm-hmm. certain um, effort versus, you know, providing health care right. um, for all like that. So you mentioned that this, um, you know, this, this is, you know, bigger really than mm-hmm. just the abortion ban. Um, can you help us understand a little bit more that, more about that impact and why this yeah. is bigger than just the ban itself. Yeah. Um, so there's really two constitutional issues at stake here. One is the ban itself, which is blatantly unconstitutional. Roe v. Wade, the groundbreaking Supreme Court case, protects access to abortion. Um, at, at Along viability. with many other yes. uh, reproductive rights. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, but this case is, or this issue is also... We are being, the people of Missouri are being silenced because there is an effort to do a referendum that would allow the people to vote. Uh, it would put it on the ballot. On, on whether or not they want to have this ban. Yes. So it would be a, the people's choice versus a legislative direct, directive. They would, get to, they would have the ability to overturn the ban, which has passed and has been signed, but the people have the opportunity to... To speak. To speak, right? So um, maybe this will help some of the Missourians who, who maybe it's like... We did this uh, last year, last August, yes. when Right to Work was um, legislatively put in by Greitens, but then the unions used a referendum. I'm going to say the unions and other members of the referendum and got a petition yes. to put it back on the ballot, and then the entire state voted it down. So that's what we're talking about when we're saying we, we should, our state constitution allows us to have mm-hmm referendums, correct? Yes, it allows for the people to speak out when they feel that the General Assembly has gone too too far or isn't representing the best interests of Missourians. Mm -hmm. And we're in a situation where the Secretary of State, Jay Jay Ashcroft, is deciding or is actively blocking the people's ability to do a referendum and do a petition. That's right. And I I read that, um, I remember watching on on YouTube when he was, like, announcing why he was against it or something like that. And then it was, like, two weeks later, the appellate court overturned his decision. So the appellate court says we we have to be able to do that. So what's the... What's the the delay? So that's exactly right. The court has ordered him to release the petition language, but the petition language for folks to sign so we can start collecting the required 100,000 signatures um, has to come from his office. And because of the back and forth with the courts and there's been some of a delay, his start time has restarted. And now he has until... Um, August 14th before he has to release the language. Which the gives deadline. a deadline mm-hmm. that's only 10 days later, right? Yeah, because 
for those people who, who aren't aware, the election board, you all have to get everything in three months before the election, mm-hmm. the election that you want something on. So for the November election, it's the last Monday in August. Well, so the bill is supposed to go into effect on August 28th. So I see two problems. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of problems. But I mean, <laughs> I, there's two that immediately stand out to me. Um, the first is that, um, it, one, this doesn't seem really legal that you can stop the people's vote. Two, it seems also curious. It's like a conflict of interest because, you know, he's pushed this forward and then standing in the way of the people having an opportunity to exercise their their voice. So that seems... Well, this, this is very concerning. I, uh, I wonder if people realize or have thought about if he's successful with these efforts to prevent the people from voting, that sets a precedent right? for other yes. things when we feel the legis- state legislature has gone has too stepped far. Over. Right. And then, we're, you know, we will all lose our voice. Right. And it could be anything next. Um, you're absolutely right. He is anti-choice, pro-life. Um, he is using his own interests and opinions to guide him to not do his job. He's not doing his job in releasing the language. Um, but what could it be next year? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I remember other legislation? We uh, we voted against puppy mills here in Missouri. I think the same couple elections ago. And then like the legislators were like, no, you guys are all wrong. We're going to have, we're going to let the puppy mills happen again. What if we wanted to have a referendum against puppy mills? Right. If this is successful, then that's who's to say that you won't, you know, that the next one could be blocked. So yeah, they, there literally is no, they are not representing the voices of the residents of Missouri because they're just, well, I would say that they think that they are. They're voting the, the their constituents that they feel like have put them have elected them. So I I would we believe that they're not regi- that they are not representing Missourians, okay. but they would say that they are. I think in this case they are. They don't care about what the voices of Missourians well, are. Well, they didn't care that either when when concealed carry passed, um, when concealed carry was defeated at the ballot by you know the state of Missouri in 1999, and then um, that in fall of 2000 or January of 2000, the legislature said, "No, you guys, you don't know what you're talking about," and and just put concealed carry through. Yeah. So, so I think that they think they know best. They think they know better than the voices of hundreds and thousands of Missourians who are already who, showing up to say. This is unacceptable. You're trashing mm-hmm. our votes, and we deserve the right to speak out and have our will represented. But this is not just a Missouri issue because this is this is an increasing trend, you know, across the United States. I mean, I'm hearing things about, um, you know, uh, our administration putting efforts into make it more difficult for people to assemble to protest, mm-hmm. for example. Right. So, right. like, there's just increasingly more more effort being put into place to make it more difficult for people to exercise their voice. Whether it's at the ballot box, you mm-hmm. know, with the, with the uh, restrictions on voter IDs or, mm-hmm. or moving, moving polling places, things like that. Um, because they can't outright um, outlaw it because of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. So, but they can make it very, very difficult to 
have an abortion. Right. And that's what's been happening for, for decades in Missouri and across the country is while they can't outlaw it, um, they have been slowly chipping away at people's ability to access abortion. But it also, like you were saying, it leaks into other health services. When a clinic closes because they provided abortion, they also provided birth control. They also provided STI testing and cancer screenings. And so when you have a clinic close, all the people that served that clinic are out of luck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we absolutely see a rippling effect and see a much broader impact than just can, one issue. Can we go back um, several decades now and talk about the pot, the, like the rippling effect that Roe v. Wade, like yeah. let's talk about a little bit about the benefits that culturally and socially, you know, happened out of Right. Well, that. it changed. It changed the, the trajectory of women and and what we can do today. Right. Because we have access. We can make the choice on how, what kind of family we want to have, when we want to have it, with whomever it is that we want to have that. Zero kids, two kids, 12 kids. We right. have the choice. Right. Right? right. You know, the state or the federal government can't come in and say, well, Michelle, you have three kids and that's enough <laughs> when you're not allowed to have any more if I really wanted to have more children. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we have, you know, if I I try to think about like many um, uh, uh, religious families who have 10 or six or eight, Mm -hmm. you know, and that and that's what they want to do. Right. They want to procreate. They want you know have more children. They feel called for that. Roe v. Wade protects their choice. Yes. Roe v. Wade. And I think that uh, access to contraception and so Planned Parenthood v. Casey, another case that allowed women who are outside of marriage to be able to access contraception and use contraception. Likewise, these Supreme Court cases opened up women's lives, right? Mm -hmm. Allowed women to work out of the home, allowed women to um, go to school and go to more school, and now we have women with more graduate degrees than mm -hmm. men in the country. Um, Really? Seriously? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Well, because prior to birth control, in a woman's biological uh, childbearing years, you could have 12 kids on average. Your body, you know, time-wise and what you can yeah, produce, 12 just children. just had one, I need, I need Can you imagine? <laughs> I know. I, well, gosh, th- look at how many kids Bach had. I mean, he had something like 20-some kids, right? Okay, he didn't carry No, them. he did not. <laughs> so there's he a little difference. Not, you know, <laughs> Clara Schumann, like, you know, there are, throughout history, these people... Had lots of well, children. you could like, you could just yeah. drive down some of the the older streets in St. Louis and see these huge houses because they needed big houses for all the kids that they were going to be <laughs> that they had. And now you're like, I, why do I need five, six bedrooms? The, the moon cycle didn't quite work. It's the, <laughs> the rhythm method. The rhythm method. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's quite a, quite a many of us that were born from the the rhythm method. <laughs> um, but it did. I, I it, it it let women have like control of their own destiny. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but still, what's 50 years, uh, almost 50 years mm-hmm. since Roe v. Wade? And uh, has it been a steady, um, uh, has there been a steady drive to try and um, retro, like to like take that away since that, yes. since that, okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, or is this like a new, like, oh, you know, no, attack on it? Since, and that's a, that's a really good question because I think a lot of people who, especially young people, we have some awesome interns who are, you know, 18, 19, and they're like, oh, I didn't know this was an issue until I heard about this bill. Um, so when you don't see it in your everyday life and mm-hmm. when you grow up with 
access to abortion, ready access, if you should need it, if you should um, want choose, it. choose it, thank you, yeah. uh, you don't think about it so much. But one of the earliest trap laws, which is the targeted regulation of abortion providers, which is like the extra red tape um, in Missouri, was in 1982. And so... Like 10 years right, after... Right. Okay. Um, and I don't even, I'm not even sure enough of my history to say that's the yeah. first, but right out the gate, they have been doing every, they being anti-choice folks have been doing everything they can to restrict people's access. And what we see essentially right now in Missouri, there's no access to abortion because if you mm-hmm. are a, uh, in an underserved community, if you are a community, if you are a low income or person of color, who doesn't have the means or the ability to travel to St. Louis. St. Louis is the only clinic in the state. Um, if you can't travel to St. Louis, if you can't cross cross the border to right. Illinois, you already don't have access. Right. So, like, the future of Roe is right now for a mm-hmm. lot of our state. Right, right. And I read that they were having these arcane and such restrictive bills because they really want to push it up to the Supreme Court. Yes. I mean, they, it's like they want this fight. Oh, good, and because then that... Because now with the Supreme Court makeup, then they feel that they would get um, Roe v. Wade overturned, and then it would go back to being a state decision on whether or not you can have abortion in your state, right. much like gambling. Right. You do, know? You, do you think or that... <laughs> so do you think that... that you know, access to birth control and some of these other things that have have spun out of, you know, Roe v. Wade, right? Do you think that any of these other things are also at risk or is that just me being paranoid? No, I think it's a great question. I think we've already seen that with the Trump administration. Um, Their pushback in the name of religious liberty, attacking the contraception mandate of the Affordable Care Act, which was the part of Obamacare that requires insurance coverage to cover birth control. Um, We've already seen their attacks on that. Uh, We are seeing now the attacks on the federal family planning program, Title X, which uh, provides for low-income folks to have access to birth control, Mm -hmm. um, come under attack. And so, no, I don't think it's going to stop here. I don't think there's going to be, they're going to be happy with this. I, I wonder what is the ideal, like what in their minds is nirvana in this, right? If you have no birth control for for anybody other than the privileged who can buy it, right. who can pay for, you know, can pay full price for it. Um, if you have no abortion uh, ability, access to that, you have uh, you have to stay home with your children because nirvana. you can't get a job because there's no preschool or assistance that way. Right. I mean, what nirvana is the handmaid's tale. <laughs> <laughs> but but is it? I mean, I mean, is I it? Don't know. Is there an end? Is there a, is there an end situation that they have in mind that they're working towards, or is it just like let's just fucking fuck women <laughs> over, right? Let's just right. deal with it. Like, let's see what we can do to you know screw with them. I mean, are we just all going to walk around and be you know like you know vaginas on the ready, you know, for people? I mean, is that what it's going to be? I don't know. I'm I just, it's the rosé. <laughs> it's making us spicy. Hmm. Yeah. I wish I could pretend to know what, well, then we'd have what, the what their ultimate what their, agenda what their is, outcome right? was. But I yeah. think that everything you've said, right. Justice Kavanaugh was directly for this purpose. Um, the, the, the occupant of the white house, as yeah. Anna Presley says, um, 
came in there saying that he was going to do this, that he was going to flip the court for this purpose. And I what? can't believe that he personally is right, right. You is know, against we've, access access to abortion, but but he'll be able to pay everything. for it whenever he Absolutely. needs to, without yeah. any question. But I guess what you know, um, I'm most of our listeners are, are aware that you know where we sit on on the um, on this debate. But I'd like to like discuss why this should matter. To yeah. people yeah, who those... consider themselves pro-life, right. why this this dismantling should be something that they are should be wary of? Yeah. What would you say to that? Well, to speak to our state and to the bill that we're facing right now, um, the law that we're facing right now, something that people have been grabbing a hold of, which I think is not all of it, but is an important part, is that this legislation doesn't even include exceptions that some other states have for uh, people who are survivors Mm -hmm. of rape Mm -hmm. or incest. And so I think that has gotten a lot of people's attention as how this really goes too far. But beyond that, I think it's what we've been talking about, is that this is not Mm -hmm. the end. This is the beginning of of reduced or blocking access to not just abortion, but other reproductive health services down the line. Um, Something else we're seeing out of the administration right now is this um, effort to promote discrimination of transgender people Mm -hmm. and non-binary individuals um, by decreasing their health care access to and by allowing people to discriminate against them in their effort to receive health care. And so I don't think that this is the starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it. I mean, I don't think it's the end point. I think it's the starting point. Well, let's let's take. Can a, we well, before we take a break? <laughs> before we take a break, okay. I want to reference something that you shared yesterday. That um, I shared. You shared on Facebook, and it was amazing. It was a clip from a film. Yeah. From like from the this, War Department. Yeah, from like the '60s or '50s. Yeah. It was, it, I mean, and it was. I mean, it just, it felt so relevant today. And it was basically all about the others, right? Which we're talking, you know, folks that are transgender, you know, this, the immigrants, there's all kinds of others Mm -hmm. out there now. And so the basic scene in the film is a group of people who are, you know, it's hate. Like the, the guy's like, oh, and these people are taking away our jobs and these people are, you know, a threat on the quality of our life. And everyone's like, yes, 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 yes. Sure. And so, you know, the guy that's on the soapbox starts naming out all of the others that are threatening the way of life. And to the one point where he's like, and the Freemasons and Freemasons and this one guy in the crowd's like, wait a minute, I'm a Freemason. <laughs> and so like it was all OK. He was all a part of the crowd until all of a sudden he became him. another. And I think that that's what's a little bit frightening right now is that I think that we are all in other in one way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And I think that what this says to me is that like we're we are eking da- our way down by creating more and more others mm-hmm. in our society when really we are all others, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and to 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 encourage hate um, uh, among, you know, uh, rather than celebrating the differences that make us more beautiful you know it's uh 
I don't know. It's just really the, it's scary. We're going more down uniformity rather than We're celebrating more, more differences between each other. Right, instead right, of right, Recognizing right. that yeah. one in three women will have an abortion. We are statistically one, one of the people in this room. Right. Um, and so we all know someone. We need to be comfortable to share our stories. And this is putting up walls. Yeah. Right. Okay. On that note. On that note, let's take a let's take a quick, quick break, little break, and then yeah. we'll come back because I, I want to talk some more about what the the blocking access to like the transgender. Mm-hmm. Let's let's dive into that aspect of right. the the uh, the steps that people are taking. So yeah, that sounds um, great. We're gonna take a quick break. Take a quick little break. And we are on our nice little commercial (laughs) break for our live show. Hello, Michelle. How are you doing today? Thanks. So um, we have something new to share with our Clitorati. Right. Absolutely. We have an event on August the 29th. Mm -hmm. We are doing it um, in conjunction with... Dr. Becky Dr. Lynn, Becky one Lynn. of our favorite regular contributors on Clitorally Speaking, the podcast. Right. She has an amazing OBGYN that specializes in women's sexual health. Right, right. And so we are having um, a thing called Adult Bedtime Stories. That's right. It is just as sexy as it sounds. Right. There will be erotic readings. Mm-hmm. There will be discussion with Dr. Becky, you know, sex questions. They can be anonymous. People can, um, it's kind of like... Do, tell their own story if they want, mm-hmm. in poetry, whatever it is. Um, and it's like sex with a kiss of su- – no. Yeah. Sex stories. <laughs> Not just sex. I, you know, well, I mean, you know. It, we, are, we, are on, we are on break. Um, it's sex with a kiss of science. Sex That's stories. Right. Sexual, you know, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. But it's adult bedtime stories on Thursday, August 29th here in St. Louis. At Apotheosis Comics. Correct. From 7 to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. It is a ticketed event. It is $20. It is limited seating, so mm-hmm. you need to visit our Facebook page um, for or, or Eventbrite, or you can visit clearlyspeakingpodcast.com, and you'll see Adult Bedtime Stories on our webpage, and you can get information there, too. That's right. It's going to be a really great event. I'm looking um, forward to it. We've got... We've got um, Anne, we have Marsha, we have Leanne. These are all friends of Lena. ours with Clitter- Clitterally Speaking that are all planning on coming to the event. We hope you join us too. Do note that although we encourage nudity at home <laughs> or wherever it is allowed, this is a close-on kind of affair. It will be sexy, but not that sexy. Yes, we do appreciate the decorum of all of the people <laughs> who come to the event. That's right. So if you have questions about Adult Bedtime Stories, we have a different email address that you can send us your questions, and that is adultbedtimestories1 mm-hmm. at gmail.com. So it's the number one, Adult yes. Bedtime Stories you are going to love the theme of our very first adult bedtime stories. It is, oh my God. No, no I no. did it last time. You did it last time. The big O. Oh. My God, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now you have it. Yes. We have a couple more weeks by the time you know, <laughs> we'll get it down. You'll get it down. But it's all about the big O. So, any questions you have about orgasms, like why do some women orgasm when the wind blows while others lose their orgasm right before it hits, you know, any other questions you have, bring them and we will have your questions answered. 
Uh, we will do our best. And if you can't be there and you just want to ask a question, please go send ahead and send us an email. All right. All right. Um, well, thank you for joining us on you. this little break, break. And we will comments. see you soon. So thank you for letting us take that little break. I would. uh, I want to just say to our listeners and watchers who have been commenting, my apology that I can't actually respond to it because we are hot and heavy in a conversation, and I can't find it. So instead of paying attention to my phone. Um, I'm going to get back into the, the conversation. <laughs> the conversation. Yeah. That's right. So here we are. We're at Gaslight Studios. We're having a wonderful conversation with Mallory Schwartz of Nayral. And we're drinking this fabulous rosé oh from the Miami. wine merchants. That's right. Yep. Our friends. They our did friends such the a good merchant. select, good job selecting this very yummy bottle for I us. I love that it's called Solidarity. Isn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's perfect. Rose. It's perfect for today's conversation. So... Uh, so, let's, getting back into it, um, you were mentioning earlier when we were discussing like access mm-hmm. and um, like you know discrimination. Would you expand explain a little bit more for our audience and our listeners what law or what uh, statute or whatever they're going yes. after? Yes. So right now, you know, the Affordable Care Act was a thousands page long law. So we cannot expect that any person in their day-to-day life has time to read that. But Section 1557 or 1557 of that law is a protection against discrimination. Um, And that is the piece that the administration is going after now. Uh, Right now, and if you sign up for NARAL Missouri's (laughs) email, um, go to our ProChoiceMissouri.org or Facebook or whatnot, we will have an opportunity for you to fight back against this because right now there's a chance to submit comments okay. to the administration. This, this Will that work? Will that at all be helpful? It's a great question. Um, probably not. They'll probably still go after it par- anyway. Yes, I think they will go after it anyways. But, but th- what does it do? What it will do is make it so that a provider has the leeway, the freedom to decide who they give care to. And they could decide not to give care based on someone's gender what? or sexuality or identity. Wait a minute. But so currently the law protects, protects that, right? Prohibits that kind of discrimination. Yes. And okay. that's not to say that trans folks don't currently face a lot of uh, discrimination and barriers in accessing care because they do simply because of people's Um, ignorance or biases that absolutely exists but now the law would protect the people who are doing the discriminating it would protect the people who are blocking oh my god so it would be if i can make really make this simple it would be like the baker who doesn't want to make the cake for the gay couple at their for their wedding yes very very simple in healthcare. so it would make it so if um if a person, a pregnant person, had an abortion and had a complication and they went to their doctor and maybe the doctor they go to doesn't support abortion, they could say, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you. Or if they went to a hospital, like, uh, let's say like a, a religious institution hospital and they're bleeding out because they're, and, they and that, be turned away they could be the turned door. away at the door yeah, because, because the providers would say, oh, you had an abortion. Right. It's against my 
it's against my beliefs, it's against my religion or morality. Are there? Uh, it doesn't matter not, that your uterus is on the floor right, right now, and we need it. Yeah. So not that any kind of discrimination is acceptable, but are there parameters on that discrimination? Like, you know what I mean? So is it just saying like it gives them the leeway to discriminate against? anybody for anything like oh you're blonde i don't help blondes well if or, they can, you know what i mean they can find a religious reason right. i think that's it right. if you can find a religious or moral uh justification for why you're discriminating so it it, it i think it really, could be it could, it really yeah, it could be right yeah uh, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna start a church of the anti-blondes <laughs> right like right you know yeah. so and we kid but i think that the Churches have been founded on a lot less <laughs> than that. Yeah, so, just, it's, I mean, we, yeah. we kid, but it's scary at the yeah, same time. It's scary. And I think that we can't forget that the people who will be affected are the people that are already struggling right, to get care. Right, right, right. I mean, I just, it must feel that you're being beat up every, like, like every way the wind blows. If, you know, you just walk outside and then, boom, this is coming at you. The next thing, I mean... When do you when do you sleep and and when you sleep are you even sleeping I mean how can you how can you ever rest with what's happening to our our fellow human beings right and I think that's why that I'm so glad to be here speaking mm-hmm. to you all in your awesome audience tonight is because as someone who doesn't face those same barriers um, to care if I needed an abortion or whatever health care I could drive across state lines once it's unavailable here in Missouri. Um, I have the means to get what I need. I think it's so important, and I've heard from so many folks across the state who are ready to join us in fighting back against all of this. Yeah. Um, and well, how how will they fight back? I mean, great. if the state of Missouri is yeah. not allowing us to fill out petitions in a timely manner to be on, I guess the, the to change the law. Maybe we can get on the November yeah, what, ballot. What or, can we do? You know, what so, can we do? Right this week, what you can do if you're in Missouri is join one of our rallies, our protests on Friday outside of one of Jay Ashcroft's offices. We have an event in St. Louis, Springfield, Jefferson City, and Kansas City. So across the state, join us 12 to 1, uh, telling Ashcroft, Secretary Ashcroft, don't trash our votes. Um, and... What we're doing with these events is registering people to vote because he's up for election in 2020. Okay. And a lot of this, what we're seeing, these super majority of Republicans in the state legislature, that's where this stuff's all coming from. And so it's time to vote these people out of office. It really is. And if people thought this issue didn't affect them before, if folks who otherwise felt, you know, fiscally conservative, socially less so... um, this is the time. This is the time to register mm-hmm. to vote. Register your neighbor and your grandma. I mean, hopefully yeah. she's registered. But, yeah. Uh, well, and talk about this. Talk right. about this with yeah. your friends. I mean, talk about it with with your pro life friends yes. because this is this is something that if if he's effective on on this issue that you don't seem to care about because you're a pro life you're pro life and right. you know and 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 every woman should be made to carry the child uh, to full term etc cetera, etc cetera. if if that's your stance and you don't think this affects you right. you are mis you're definitely mistaken yeah because yeah. it's just because of the, the the way that this has been handled and the all of the other rights and the the implications of it in other areas right right Right. So we've been talking about one of the initiatives. You have 
other initiatives that are also just absolutely incredible. We do. Um, and I, I'd love to talk about that a little bit, um, you know, some of the other areas of importance. Sure. I appreciate that. Uh, so one of the things that Narrow Pro-Choice Missouri does is host the escort program, the clinic escort program, which are the really rad folks who go to, uh, who do training. Did you say the really rad folks? I, I love that. <laughs> okay. Um, they're, they're pretty rad. Uh, they volunteer their time at like the earliest crack of dawn on Saturdays. Um, and throughout the weeks they go to Planned Parenthood here in St. Louis, which is the only clinic left in the state that offers abortion, as well as Hope mm-hmm. Clinic, which is a right across the, right across the river, right across the border in Illinois. Um, clinic that provides abortions, and they escort, they accompany folks coming through the line of protesters, because you could drive down Forest Park any day and see folks sitting out there protesting um, with, you know, graphic photos, with... just trying, trying to, or they're sensationalizing it. Yes, yeah. trying totally. To dissuade. That's what they're doing. I mean, they're and when you have the the whatever legislatures or co- Congress people talking about, um, you know, the fact that uh, you know women are having you know giving birth to live babies and, and running off in the yes. back and like drowning them in bathtubs, mm. you know, and calling mm. it an abortion. I mean, that's like th- those things are are. Not real. It's not fiction. real. It's all fiction. Yeah. It's something somebody saw in a movie once, and then now they think that that's reality. Yeah, right. And but, sadly, but that, it works. It does work. And the other side has had a lot of success with that over the years of making up terms, partial birth, um, right. now this post birth abortion, which is just false. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even I mean, know. It's it's how it's to respond lie. to it. Yeah, um, false. Yeah, fiction. Oh would God. be just murder. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but getting traction with that because the media hooks on to it. Well, parts of the media, I don't mean to trash the media. We need right, to support right. free press. Right. Um, but hooks on to these things, and then that story goes and, and people listen. It's Yeah, it's the sensationalized side of things, right? right? Getting traction. Right. And facts are important, and no. the facts yeah. are... No, because nobody wants to actually be with a woman who is trying to make a decision about whether or not she's going to have an abortion, whether, you know, she's or she's going to carry the baby. And, you know, that's not going to make for a compelling testimony or a compelling story to go through and 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 sit with her and figure it out. Yeah, I think well, it's, it's boring, right? Paint, well, and I think it's they want to paint all people that get abortions with a, one color, with one broad brush stroke, rather than recognizing, as you were saying, that the differences that we are all mm, we all same, have our own right? stories. Everyone all, has yeah. their stories. Abortion is common. Um, it is beneficial. It is a choice that so many Americans make, and you cannot paint all the all of the people that make this decision with as as the same person right. as one thing. No, you can't. So I want It's convenient to do that. Yes, it's convenient for them to do that. But they can't. So let's also like I we're kind of steering back into <laughs> the, the original conversation, which is great. I love hearing I love hearing more, you know, about your you clearly have a passion for this. I, I know that there's things that um, that you do to you know, protect women who are pregnant and protect families, like to help them, you know, advocate for parental leave after they've, there's other initiatives that you have that also have 
you know, great importance, um, which also demonstrates uh, the support of the growth, healthy growth of a family, right? Absolutely. So I'd love to explore that a little bit. We are working really hard at uh, Narrow Pro-Choice Missouri uh, over the past years and in my limited time, my one month here, <laughs> to make sure that we are looking at reproductive freedom as, uh, as a broad issue. It's not one thing, reproductive freedom and reproductive justice, which is um, a movement led by black women advocates. Um, reproductive justice is looking at everything, all the issues that affect if, when, and whether someone decides to have a family and then allows them to parent that chosen family with dignity and free of violence um, and with respect. And so we have been moving in recent years and continue to to look at the issues that allow us to be parents with dignity um, and to have the support that we need. So that includes paid leave. That includes having paternity, paternity and maternity leave for families to parent their newborns. Um, that includes protecting folks from yeah. pregnancy discrimination. So can I just pause you yeah, for a minute? Because I know you just had a baby. Mm -hmm. So how old is your baby? Uh, he'll be 10 months on Friday. How hard was that for you to like go back to work and you know, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I know you have a, a huge, important cause that you are advocating for. So, like that, that I know is important and driving you. But like, I, yeah, I'd let you know, like here you are, a new mom. Like, how hard was that between was, like new baby and important cause? It was really hard. And you know, I think that when I was right about to have the baby, I thought, listen, I'm still going to be on email. I'm still going to be checking, and I really care about my yeah, work. Yeah. Um, and then I had the baby and I was like, nope, don't care about any of that. I care about my lovely baby. Yeah. Um, he is, is it a boy? boy? He's a boy. He's okay. my everything. And I didn't care about that at all. Yeah. And I was very fortunate to have 16 weeks that I could oh, put together. Oh, that's a nice amount. Yeah. But you had to piece it together. I had, I had to piece it together, yeah. but I did have strong work support. Um, but you know, many Americans, I'd even say most Americans don't, don't get, have they that get two weeks. Michelle, you didn't, you had well, my first, right. my first child, uh, she's 24 when, and I started a new job. This is kind of funny. I started a new job or I got the, out of grad school and I was pregnant. I even on the interview, I was pregnant. I didn't say anything. <laughs> of course. And, uh, my, uh, my employment offer came over the telephone and I accepted it. And, um, I said, Oh, by the way, I'm having a baby in April. This was in December, and he was like, "Oh, uh, hold on, uh, let me let me get back with you." And he like hung up. This is 1994, 1995, and then he um, he calls back. Actually, I heard from the people in the office that he like ran to the legal counsel, and he was like, "I can't believe she's pregnant. I offered her the job. Well, I can't believe I know." And and the legal counsel was like, "Well, you can't fire her, and couldn't you tell when she came in that she was pregnant?" He's like, "No, I just thought she was fat." Oh, seriously, <laughs> seriously, yeah. So I got three weeks unpaid leave, and he told me that if I had a C-section, that we would have to reconsider my employment. Oh, my gosh. This, because I didn't qualify yet for FMLA, or it wasn't, right. you know, it was all still brand new. And then it took me four years to cobble enough time of my vacation so I would have, have another three baby. months, <laughs> and I had, I had my second child, and then my third child, I... I know I had like three months off, but I don't really remember it. It's all kind of like a blur. Yeah. But um. But yeah. So 
I'm just thankful I didn't have a C-section. I mean, that is amazing to me that an employer could say, don't even think about having a C-section. Because then I would need right? more time than just three that weeks. Is it's, crazy. A, a, it's, it's not unlike the other issue that we're talking about. Like it's, it's healthcare. It's that's an emergency surgery in many cases. And yeah. for an employer to try to was dictate. that even legal then, or do we just not know? Like, um, well, I think that was you know that was 1994, 1995, yeah. and then you know you had the Star investigation. So like that was all being created and developed FMLA. And by the time you know four years came around in '99, I totally qualified for FMLA. But of course, it was What's unpaid. FMLA? Family Medical Leave Act. Oh, okay. It's where they have to keep your job for three months. Uh Uh-huh. And they don't have to pay you. Right. But they have to hold your job for three months. They can't fire you. And I have had friends who've been fired on FMLA, which is a whole other lawsuit Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's just... Um, So those are some of the issues that we are trying to tackle legislatively at Narrow, Missouri, is what else need, do we need in the state to ensure that that doesn't happen to your friends, to ensure that we have protections, um... Around it's like okay, we pregnancy. want you all to have those babies, right? But we but don't, want to don't take, take that time off work, right, right. even though <laughs> right? that's best for the baby. So right. we don't want you to do what's best for uh, the baby. No, it's such until a it's, cycle. They want to do what's best for the baby until it's out of your body, mm-hmm. and as long as it's inside your body, they are <laughs> all all on board. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, it's wild. Well, with all of those other activities that NARAL does, um, that's kind of the goal to like eliminate the need for abortions. Right. If you have access to health care and access to birth control and access to choice, like, okay, this is when I'd like to have a baby or my family, then you minimize the need for abortions. I think that's true, but I think there will always be a need for abortions. Well, people are going to do it anyway. I mean, well, and, you know, things happen. Yeah. Condoms break. Contraception fails. Incest happens. Rape happens. Exactly. Um, and also, some you just you decide, and then you're not ready for this child, this decision, or um, this next part of your life. And so, there's always going to be a need for abortion. We see that in other countries, but we can reduce the number by allowing people who want to plan, people who want yeah. to be able to make those decisions ahead of time. They want preventive health care. Yeah. We can do more to ensure they have For that. everybody, yeah. not just for the privileged. Right. I have one more question. Yeah. So um, when we had a conversation earlier, a term was brought up that I had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious if you heard it. Okay. Hold your caps, everyone. I'm getting ready to say <laughs> it. Menstrual equity. What? I thought you were going to say the word fuck, but that's okay. <laughs> you know I, I can't feel say like that, you I, know. I was like, wow, we're going to hold on. Uh, hold on to our caps on this one. Oh, so you're just talking about, you know, I mean, we period are our, parody. We're all at our <laughs> time of the month. So, like, let's wrap it out about talking. Like, what is menstrual equity? And I know that that's something else that you're like, it's an is- initiative of yours. But, like... That just I, like when I hear menstrual equity, I'm like, well, how many years have I been having, you know, my period? You know, like let's do what, some math. Right. Yeah, right. Or what exactly or is it, or is is it? it like, well, I had mine for like 30 years, and so you have to have your period for 30 years. You can't go any less, <laughs> right. at least 30 years. Or, or is right. I'm sure it's something. Uh, so it's what it, yeah. period parity, menstrual equity. It is ensuring that everybody who has a period has access to the products they need, the pads, the tampons, the panties oh, yeah. that they need when they have it. And something that passed in Missouri this past session um, was an effort that will allow 
people who are incarcerated to ha- who have periods do have the tampons and the pads that oh. they need because it's remarkable. It's that amazing that that has to be like already. legislated, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that we actually need laws to ensure mm-hmm. that that ha- that's available. Like that just seems like basic human health. And well, we've we've learned quite starkingly this administration that we can't take basics for granted. Well, and that's true. Um, and you yeah. know, I didn't know that our incarcerated women and people of periods were not that they did not have those the the, the hygiene um, materials. I mean, what? It just, right, it's ba- that's right. It's basic hygiene. It's basic hygiene. It keeps us safe. It keeps us yeah. healthy. Um, and to not have that when you have no choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can't just run. Well, I think I'll go right. to CVS, or we all go to Walgreens. Right. Where's Where's the best best deal today? No, right. it's like you don't have anything, and there you are, um, you know, having your period. And so, other yeah. parts of menstrual equity are you mentioned it earlier. I think the pink tax, right. the mm-hmm. fact that menstrual hygiene products uh, are still taxed like other luxury like other items. Luxury yeah. items. Yeah. No, it's right. a luxury it, it's item. It's like a BMW. It is. Yeah, it's a luxury. It but I do have to say, on some of those particularly difficult period days, it does. <laughs> it's much like having a BMW because you have like oh requires regular maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> maintenance. Switching it out often, you know, uh-huh. because you know you're not so happy with that one, and you want another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's that's fabulous. I remember we talked about this on an earlier episode yeah, about the, the movie. movie. Um, oh my god, that was so period good. end of sentence. Yes. Where this initiative, I think, is called the Pad Project. They are, you know, working with other cunt women in other countries where girls are leaving school because they're at their menstrual age and they have they don't have anything. So, so they're leaving school and and then they don't further on their education and it perpetuates so the like cycle. Twelve years old, they're yeah, no or younger getting you know, education. If, yeah, they're, it's, yeah, it is getting younger these days. And that's an awesome documentary. But what's really scary is that that's not just happening across the world in other countries. We have kids, girls in our own schools who, whose families might not be of means, who maybe don't have a, a parent they're comfortable asking, who don't have access to these products and who might choose You not. don't even have a quarter to right. buy it in the machine yeah. if the machine is there in the right. bathroom. Well, you know, I remember just, you know, as a young, a young woman in school, you know, it's like, okay, you're, you're, you've got your locker here. You have one class that's way at the one end of school and another, and you've got three minutes to get from one right. class right. to your locker to the other class and don't even think about trying to squeeze a bathroom break in there, you know. And so, like, just struggling as a young person, here you are. This is a whole new thing mm-hmm. you're trying to deal with, and you, there just weren't adequate bathroom breaks, you know, and so... Mm-hmm. Right, and build in not having the products that you need or the the hygiene support that you need. Well, so I wonder wonder if this this tone and this statement will resonate with anybody. Imagine you're with your girlfriends and you're out at a public parade or something and you're going to stop, you're going to use the the public restroom, and you hear hear one of your girlfriend goes, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Oh, we all know that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes. that is like a universal mm-hmm. statement. Like, mm-hmm. how in the world does my period come now? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, uh, you know, then every, all your friends, you're looking through your right. pockets. Okay, do you have one? I have yep. one. I need this. I need that. And uh, and it's just kind of, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a statement and a tone, and we all understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, I, 
are able people able to go to your website to find out more about like yes, the period parodies are. or prod mm-hmm. programs that they can at least maybe donate to or absolutely uh, we are prochoicemissouri.org you can find us at NARAL Prochoice Missouri on Facebook and on Twitter uh, and on Instagram and uh, we are, would love folks to turn out this Friday to rally to tell Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, he cannot trash our votes. Yeah. You can find yeah, all regardless that information. of where you are on the line, like mm-hmm. right, if you are pro or not, like it still behooves you to do this because the process that is happening is not it's not it goes beyond yeah, it's not an abortion ban. Appropriate. Yeah. Right? We're we're not allowing I, I people to exercise how their votes. It's legal, right? right? We are silencing exactly. Missourians from their right to vote, to vote, to fight back. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, this well, has been. Uh, it's been an, a heavy time of the month. <laughs> I, I would it's say been, it's been. <laughs> yeah. It's a heavy flow. It's a heavy flow. Yeah. It's, it is. It's a. It's a three pad night. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the wings. <laughs> get the wings. I mean, how how fortunate we were that they created the wings. I mean, I, I don't know oh God, how many panties were ruined, you know, before the wings came along. I just I'm excited to see for our our youth that they have these period panties now. I'm like, oh where yes. were those when I was a kid? Yeah, yeah oh. I know. Like the whole like I don't know yet. Like walking around and just like. Bleeding into a pair of pants. But apparently, so the sure. way that they're designed is you don't feel it. It's like better than it's a like pad. wicking material. Yes. You know? right. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you're exercising. Just out. Oh, I don't oh know. that is amazing well, just, to me. Don't, well, <laughs> no. maybe not just straight in the washing machine. Maybe there's some, you know, steps ahead of time. But we can oh. talk about that on our next show. On our next, <laughs> we will right. do a whole laundry We're be a segment. W- looking forward <laughs> to the next time of the month. We will make laundry segments here. So thank you guys so much for yeah, listening, for watching us, joining us, and we'll be back on. August the 28th. That's right. Right before the adult bedtime story is the next day. That's so. right. And as always, we continue to drop a new episode every, every Friday, Friday. And you can get that wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. yeah. And uh, tell all your friends. And if you would do us a favor, go to iTunes and five star us like we're your Uber driver. That'd be <laughs> really awesome. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. My gosh. Do a quick cheers here. All right.